What's up, guys? Max here, back with a brand new episode of The Scuttlebutt Show. I hope you're all doing great out there. Let me take one second to say what's up to everybody in the chat. We've got Bricktown, Harry Lime Pie, Eviana, Sam I Am, Alex J. We've got Eric S. and Yeet. Welcome, everybody. Eric said, I'm just typing to let myself be heard in the welcoming comments, and you got it. MC, what's up? Crazy episode for you guys today. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse and the trial going on there because... Well, the military is getting involved. It's at that point where the military is actually getting involved in that trial. So we got to talk about it. We have to have the conversation. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Like always, I hope wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're having a great day. What's up, Buford? Everybody from TikTok, everybody from the podcast or out there listening. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the continuing support. And we have a lot to talk about today. We have some cool stories, some happy ones, some sad ones, some interesting ones, some thought-provoking ones, and then we're going to talk about what is totally taking over every news, social media, everything right now, which is the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. And I'm going to give you guys my thoughts on it. I promise you this, nobody's walking away from today's episode unscathed. I'm going to let you guys have it with my thoughts on this one. So I hope you're ready for it. I hope you can handle it. It's going to be intense. If you guys can take a second, check out scuttlebuttshow.com. Check out the links in the description of this video or podcast episode on all the ways to support the channel. And let me hit you guys with the about yesterday. It's really more of an about this morning. As you guys might have noticed, I have been streaming Battlefield in the mornings. Uh, don't worry. If you're if you're here for squad, the squad timeline, all of that's not changing. We're doing that normal. But uh, I now that daylight savings time is the thing, and I'm starting my show at 11 o'clock in the morning here in Okinawa, time to play games earlier in the day. So if people have been asking, why am I streaming so early? It's just a new schedule that I'm trying. So when the show, this show is over, I can go take Bree out or dog and go have a good time tomorrow night. Oh my gosh. Tomorrow night, I'm going to the Marine Corps ball and ah, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. And the reason why I'm going is because my wife, she's Navy, but she is attached to the green side. She's attached to third medical battalion out in Okinawa. So we got our, it's mandatory fun for her, but it's just fun for me. So we're going to go to the Marine Corps ball and have a good time. It should be pretty sweet. If you guys want to know how that goes, just check out the, our Instagram, my Instagram, the Scuttlebutt Show, and I'll post some pics of what we're wearing. I know what she's going to be wearing. It's her service dress blues or whatever. And I'm going to be wearing, I don't know yet. I could wear whatever I want, I suppose. So let's see what's going on in the chat here really quick. Kyle's crying episode, completely sincere. If you think Rittenhouse is guilty of murder, you've not been following or seen a complete trial. You've never been scathed before, Bricktown. We will see what that's like. Take all of the shots with the Sergeant Major, Sam. Absolutely. It should be a fun one. Yeet says, I think he's innocent. The one argument against him, though, I can see is something legitimate is why he brought a gun. We're going to talk all about it. I have some, I have some unique thoughts that uh, I don't really hear anybody saying. How can I be the only person thinking this? We'll see. We will see what you guys think when we get to that story. It's coming up later in the show. And really quick, before we jump into our very first story, I have one thing I want to tell you guys. This is not an official announcement, but I'm considering taking December off of the live stream. This is not an official announcement, but maybe something like that for the holidays because I'm trying to finish the documentary. I'm trying to finish the book, all of that stuff. We're trying to get a lot done for you guys, the Scuttlebutt Show community. When I say we, the Scuttlebutt Show world, and I'm considering declaring December a Scuttlebutt live stream free zone, still posting videos on current events and all that stuff, but a daily live stream may be taking December off. So stay tuned for more 
thoughts on that. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Text me, email me, Instagram, DM me, whatever, whatever you think about. If you're, if you're heartbroken that I might take December off, let me know. Send me something. Let me know so I can get the vibe on how you guys feel about this. With all that being said, let's get into today, into today's first story. It's a crazy one. We've got police still investigating fatal crash that killed popular veteran Navy pilot. This is sad. Virginia Beach police are still investigating a fatal crash on Great Neck Road last month that killed a well-liked youth baseball coach and former Navy fighter pilot and F-14 pilot. Retired Navy Captain John Hefty, Navy Captain in 06, just so you guys are aware. F-14 fighter pilot and squadron commander who in more recent years has held a civilian post as director of fleet and joint training for the U.S. Fleet Forces Command in Norfolk. He coached the Great Neck Baseball League for the past six years, known for being a fun coach. He also coached youth basketball. Plane crashes are incredibly dangerous, especially if you're a private plane pilot, renting those planes, whatever the case is here. He never wanted to be in the dugout or on the bench, the family's obituary said. Coach Hefty instead insisted on always being on the field or court to provide instruction, development of skills, and to build on players' confidence. Hefty, 58 years old, driving home from a youth practice about 6.45 p.m. on October 4th. Police said a northbound 2013 Ford F-150 pickup crossed the center line and veered in. I'm sorry, car, car accident, not plane crash, car accident. He was killed in a car accident, veered into oncoming traffic, including Hefty's 2010 Honda CRV. Man, must have been early morning when I was reading this article. Linda Kuhn, a spokeswoman for Virginia Beach Police, and uh, said police are still waiting for lab results from the adult male driving the pickup. That process can take months. I don't know how that's possible. I used to take those 30-minute drug tests from CVS, and I would know the deal pretty much instantly. Patience is the key here, Kuhn said. It's still absolutely being actively investigated, and as soon as we have any updates to the case, we will share it. Following military honors Friday at Naval Air Station Oceana, Hefty's funeral mass took place Saturday morning at Star of the Sea Catholic Church in Virginia Beach. But heres I wasn't even going to share this story because it's a tragedy that... Um, a Navy veteran captain pilot was killed in a car accident. But here's the part that I really want to get to with this continuing to serve. He, So many veterans have this continuing to serve attitude where they get out and they become active members in their community. So not only was he a youth coach and a well-liked member of his community, they have now set up a scholarship fund in his name that has raised $129,000. His family established the Captain John Bag Hefty Memorial Scholarship Fund on GoFundMe to recognize student athletes who have fostered positive team relationships, earned recognition for academic success, and work to give back to their community through selfless acts of kindness or charitable volunteer work. About 425 people donated, including 65 who put in at least $500. Several put in five or $10,000 or more. So if you're wondering how 425 people adds up to $129,000, you're right to wonder that. Those are large donations. It says a lot about this guy's character. John loved life. The obituary said he was all about family and enjoyed spending time with his wife and sons, whether it was boating, throwing the football and baseball, going to the beach, or just watching sunsets. You know, for some reason, when I read this this morning, I thought, plane crash, like private plane crash. It, it was very early in the morning when I found this article. Um, and it's just been sitting here on my desktop since. So I do want to apologize for that. But also, it's interesting now that we just have been talking about how dangerous it is to drive in the holiday season. And this is just another example. So what a tragedy here. 
Hefty was known for his impersonations, quick wit. The obituary said he enjoyed hosting cookouts and bonfires while socializing about current events and sometimes breaking out the karaoke machine. I love karaoke. My go-to karaoke song is Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio, in case anybody's wondering. It says here, he went to the Naval Academy at Annapolis and played quarterback on the JV football team and graduated with an engineering degree in 1985. He flew F-14s under the call sign BAG, including with the Grim Reapers at Oceana. He was selected for Top Gun School and deployed in Operation Desert Storm. He commanded fighter squadrons during Operation Iraqi Freedom and other operations. He was a CO for a tactical reserve air wing in Texas, and he survived by his wife and children. So that's a sad story. If you guys want to know more about that, you can look up uh, John Hefty and his GoFundMe if you want to contribute to his scholarship fund for youth athletes. It's a... Uh, Horrible, sad story. I, 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 uh, I feel bad I covered that wrong in the beginning. That's actually a bummer for me. But um, I'm glad we could get to it. It sounds like he was a stand-up post-service veteran doing a lot in his community. And I love that. I love sharing stories of vets engaging in their community. Do you guys do any, um, do you guys do any community volunteering with your post-military service? Do you do any, was it where you build the houses, the, uh, I can't Habitat for Humanity, where you build houses. A lot of these volunteer programs really engage with veterans and veteran organizations. I'm curious. Leave me a comment if you do any volunteer work and what it is that you do. So I just said I'm going to the Marine Corps ball, right? I can't wait. Why? Maybe some of you are wondering, why is there a Marine Corps ball? What's that all about? Well, every year, just like everybody else, the Marine Corps has a birthday, they celebrate on November 10th, the birthday of the Marine Corps, and it is quite the celebration. It is a very raucous party, and it is full of belligerent drinking, screaming, celebration, ceremonial things, all this stuff. People just puking on their dress blues out behind the ballroom and all of this stuff. But some people, some people are show-offs. Some people have to just be the, the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts and do something like this. Marines celebrate birthday with 246-mile fun run. More like fun police, if you ask me. We're trying to get drunk, not run. Are you kidding me? It's officially the 246th birthday of the United States Marine Corps. How is the service celebrating it, you might ask? While scores of Marines, this article from MilitaryTimes.com, will surely be launching into an intox intoxication-fueled recreation of the branch's Revolutionary War era founding in Philadelphia's Tun Tavern, the Expeditionary Warfare Training Group Atlantic out of Virginia Beach, this is such an East Coast thing to do, has taken a page from those bizarre individuals who choose to honor or celebrate a person or moment in time by waking up of the, at the crack of dawn and running and they are doing a significant amount of running. This is pretty intense. Maybe if you've ever done a Ragnar or something like that, this might sound familiar. That's right. They're running, Military Time says, because these are Marines we're talking about. This is no low-key fun run you could do with your grandparents like a Thanksgiving Day turkey trot. Damn, throwing shade at the grandparents. These personnel are running one mile. Get this. Really think about this. One mile every 10 minutes. 41 hours, six miles an hour for 41 hours, a total of 246 miles. The birthday that the Marine Corps happens to be celebrating. How about that? Here's to hoping the event is followed by 246 beers. They say, I certainly concur with that attitude. So every 10 minutes, a 10 minute mile 
is what you would call a casual jog. An eight-minute mile is the standard for military fitness. Generally speaking, if you can run sustained eight-minute miles, you're good to go by military standards on almost everything. But they're running only two minutes slower per mile for nonstop, ten, every 10 minutes, for 41 hours. But don't worry, not every Marine is running every mile. It says here, it's really good to get together and having that foundation and that camaraderie to bring us together in what we do as Marines. When I saw this, I'm like, a lot of people are all going to do that? They're not going to make it. Because nothing says camaraderie like spending the two old days suffering together in the name of Marines, past, present, and future. Whether or not Marines volunteered or were voluntold, voluntold being when you uh, have to do those mandatory picnics and uh, and events with your with your squad, with your squadron. Some, however, are slated to run as many as 20 miles. So some individuals are going to do 20 miles of this 246-mile run. It will end with a formation run to include all participants on November 10th. So this has already happened now at this point. But I didn't catch this when it was happening. And this is a straight-up incredible feat to do. And some people, like I said, are just show-offs. Some people just want to put in the extra effort and do the extra, you know, the extra mile. And then they, and then, and then they'll go to the ball and be like, Hey, you know, what we did today, just a casual 246 miles. Not a big deal. What'd you guys do? What'd you Marines do not run 246 miles? You losers. You know, they're going to be all big headed about it. It's going to be this crazy thing. They're going to be nonstop talking about it week after week for the next year. Let's see. H now what's up says, this is kind of like that t-shirt that says, for every animal you don't eat, I'm going to eat three, except for it's for every mile the Air Force doesn't run, Marines will run three. HNA, great point, because we're going to talk about Air Force, fit, Air Force fitness in today's episode and kind of thrash it a little bit more. When my kids were young, I helped build a local kid playground, helped with my son's Cub Scout pack. Carry line pie, that's awesome. Let's see, a lot of conversations going on here about politics in the chat, so I'm going to try to keep an eye out for comments that you guys are trying to get through to me. Let's see, run 246 miles equals no duty for one year. All right, here's the question. If somebody gave you the challenge of running 246 miles in 41 hours and then no duty for a year, would you attempt it? Yes or no? That's the question. We, uh, you know what's interesting? That we haven't had a good Space Force story since all that cocaine washed up at that Space Force base. Do you guys remember that? And there's a reason. Ever since 200 pounds of cocaine washed up on that Space Force base, no one's had a reason to leave base. That's, <laughs> that's where the party's at. So it's been pretty quiet news out of the Space Force. But apparently with all that extra energy that they've had, they've really gotten into the production and, and ramping up capabilities of what the Space Force can do. So we've got this story right here. Space Force satellite jammers shut down enemy communications temporarily. We've all been wondering what it is that the Space Force does. Here's something right here. US military officials and analysts have warned that China and Russia are building an arsenal of weapons designed to interfere with space-based capabilities of the United States. Of course, Many of our critical systems rely on satellites and space capabilities, so why would we not make an attempt to defend those systems against attack? Imagine if you wake up tomorrow and GPS just doesn't work anymore. How are you going to get home from wherever you are, from 7-Eleven? How are you going to make it? It's going to be impossible. 
The United States, meanwhile, is building its own capabilities to counter enemy space assets. Most of those systems are classified, but the Space Force has made public its plans to deploy advanced electronic jammers to disrupt enemies' satellite communication signals. The new satellite jammer called Counter Communications Systems, Block 10.2, was developed by L3 Harris. You've probably used their radios if you're in the military. The L3 Harris radios, very rugged. What can I say about them? What can I say about an L3 Harris radio? Rugged, neat looking, not super fun to use, but I guess it gets the job done. And it says here the $125 million contract uh, was awarded last month to produce 16 CCS units for use at U.S. military bases stateside and for overseas deployments, and that's in addition to another $284 million already spent. Ed Zoyce, President Zoyce, what is he, a Scooby-Doo character? President of L3 Harris Space and Airborne Systems said the CSS allows the military to dominate the electromagnetic spectrum. Nothing sounds less badass, although it really is. Like, if, if you... If if you don't if you don't know, dominating the electromagnetic spectrum would be an incredibly powerful ability to have in wartime, and we certainly don't want anyone to dominate our electromagnetic spectrum. But nothing can sound less badass than going, "Oh, we're dominating that spectrum. Get ready to have your spectrum dominated because we are the electromagnetic spectrum dominators, the EMSDs." The CCS Block 10.2 was declared operational in March 2020. Praveen Kurian, Senior Director and General Manager of L3 Harris's Space Superiority Division, said the jamming effects of the CCS are reversible, meaning they do not cause permanent damage. We Wouldn't we want something that can cause permanent damage? It was designed to cause temporary disruption of satellite comms signals. The 10.2 upgrade replaces the older version from a decade ago. The upgraded jammer passed a critical design review. We're ready to actually begin production of the hardware. They plan to deliver 16 units by 2025. The biggest changes in the new system is the automation in the software and the ability to conduct operations remotely. It's a significant improvement, they say. Well, that's good. I'm glad that the Space Force is doing stuff. I imagine most Space Force things are pretty classified. I mean, who really knows that much about any space stuff? You know what I mean? Like the, the whole space thing is a mystery to me and most of us. I mean, it's just, it's out there. It's outer space. So inner space, outer space, in between space, final space, if anybody catches that reference, it's all a mystery to me. And I'm glad they're keeping it on lockdown. I feel like the less we know about Space Force, the better I feel that they're doing. You know what I mean? Like just chill, Space Force, with your big pants, with your backwards pants. Just like take your backwards pants, lay low and do your thing. I mean, as long as space is good and space doesn't like get all weird looking, like every night I just expect to see stars. And if I don't, then hopefully Space Force is on it. So as long as they're doing that, I'm good with whatever Space Force is doing and enjoy all the blow because you guys are going to need it when you're doing, uh, when, when you're, when you're like, we're dominating the electromagnetic spectrum, baby then you know that they never turned over those drugs to the whoever, Department of Homeland Security, FBI, whoever, Nar counter-narcotics, I don't know. They definitely didn't do that. All right, so what's going on in the chat? Buford says 200 pounds of Coke will make you run 250 miles in an afternoon Yeah, and have a heart attack. That would be the last thing you do, Sam, I, am. I agree. Let's see, Marine Ball sounds fantastic. I'd love to be a photographer there. 
Oh, MC, careful what you take a picture of, though. You get a lot of people in trouble. HNOS says, might burn you during operation, but that's no big deal. Yep, good luck if you want to have kids. Let's see, that's an album name waiting to happen, Electromagnetic Dominance. Oh, that's a really good one, Bricktown. I like the speeches from the combat vets during the ball. Those are awesome to hear. Absolutely, they are. Bricktown, goddamn, LOL, who wrote that? Copy, give them a raise. <laughs> nice. Um, I suppose I opened myself up for that one. Let's see, I missed that comment. Um, Scuttlebutt sounds like an advertisement for a 1980 sci-fi movie. Nice. Can we get a Spectrum Domination shirt? Yes, you can. Let's talk more about that after the show. Hit me up on Patreon. So many Marines try to hit the closest city in their blues hoping to get some. Absolutely. They'll be out in Okinawa for sure. They'll be out in American Village. I'm guilty of competing with other uh, jarheads and attempting to buy the most drinks for the prettiest girl at the bar. Nice. Nice. It's, uh, it's just how people in the military are. I mean, I was, I'm the same way. It's just how it is. I embrace it. I embrace that, that, that life, that goon. That's why I'm wearing my Moons Out, Goons Out shirt available on scuttlebuttshow.com because I embrace that life. I'm about it. What's up, Nuggets, in the chat? By the way, if you guys listen on the podcast and you want to engage in conversation, just join the live show on YouTube, 1800 Pacific Standard Time, Sunday through Thursday. You guys know where we're at. It's, uh, it's that easy. And then you can come ask me any question you want. Talk to me. Oh, man. I got to do it. I got to do it, you guys. Got to do it. Got to do it. Don't want to do it, but got to do it. Do you remember when I wiped the floor with A.O. Nixo on that walk test? Do you guys remember that? And we just had to show that the Air Force PT was, I guess, what we all thought Air Force PT always was. Now... They're doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down. Wait till you see what we have here. Airmen have more options to demonstrate fitness as service updates test. I guess it wasn't inclusive enough as it was. The Air Force has released updated scoring charts for its revamped physical fitness test and is giving airmen more options to meet their fitness requirements. Beginning January 1st, airmen performing the cardio portion of the test may choose to run either one and a half miles, 2,400 meters, on a track, or, and uh, and this is where you lose me, a 20-meter shuttle run. You can run a mile and a half, 2,400 meters, or one, basically 0.8% of that, on a 20-meter shuttle run set up inside a basketball court. The updated guidelines released Friday said the speed walking is is one of the aerobic options, but not for most people. They have delayed the walking. Service leaders said the walk would be included as a cardio component when announcing plans for the additional testing options in the summer. Airmen on a medical waiver will still be allowed to do the 2K walk about a mile and a quarter. So here's what I think. The walk was probably giving people shin splints and it took almost 15 minutes to do. So why not just do a 20 meter run? Why not? Who cares about anything anymore? In a Facebook post Friday, you know our favorite Air Force hero, Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Joanne Bass, said the walk option was removed until we are able to standardize the VO2 measurement equipment across every installation. Oh, my God. The Air Force had proposed a one-mile walk alternative to measure an airman's aerobic capacity or their VO2 max. Scoring would incorporate time to complete the test along with the member's age, weight, and heart rate at the time of walk completion. Wouldn't, uh, 
Wouldn't a low heart rate be good during exercise? A 20, the 20 meter high aerobic, geez, the 20 meter high aerobic multi shuttle run has been described as a better measure of functional cardio fitness by service officials. It requires airmen to sprint while adjusting their speed and direction, similar to what they might do if taking cover or helping others during a mortar attack. Oh my God. Really? This is how you can tell that the majority of the Air Force has never been in a mortar attack. <laughs> You're just going to run 20 meters at a time back and forth from wall to wall. You got a, you got a serpentine. You got a serpentine. Zigzag. Zigzag. It's like, what are they talking about? I, I, I mean, okay, there's so many asterisks I could put on this. Here's what I'll say. If the General Air Force wanted to simulate what they do during a mortar attack, they could just stay asleep. They don't even have to get out of bed that day. If they really want to take it to elite Air Force Navy SEAL levels, they should run 45 feet and then sit down underneath a protected shelter if they really want to get crazy with it. But there is in no world where... The average Air Force airmen, not Air Force Special Forces or anything, who already have high fitness standards, is doing shuttle runs during a mortar attack. It doesn't even make sense. It actually does not even make sense. To max out the shuttle run, a 20-year-old male airman, which is, you know, you decide how old and what gender you are, I guess, would have to complete at least 100 laps back and forth. The laps are timed to a recorded beep that gets progressively faster from a slow jog to a sprint. I'm going to have to try this. I'm going to have to do it. Obviously, and I was joking, it's not only 20 meters, but it's 100 laps. So that is interesting. I guess 100 laps. We'll have to try that ourselves. Look for a video of me doing this when, as soon as I can figure it out. The Air Force Reserve Command began testing and implementing the shuttle run in January 2020 as an indoor alternative to the mile-and-a-half run in lieu of a weather waiver. On average, the command was issuing 1,800 to 2,000 weather waiver exemptions annually. If you're anything like me, you stopped here and went, weather waiver? <laughs> I'm, la I'm laughing. Weather waiver. Besides being a tongue twister, what they're saying here, and I didn't even know this, is that during your semi-annual fitness test, if it's raining, you just don't need to get a fitness test that year, I guess. Hey, when was the last time you did your PT test? I was like 2013. How come? Because it rains sometimes. Oh, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. This is crazy. A weather waiver. Just get out there and get a little, you know, wet from the rain, get a little cold, it should be fine. A weather waiver. For It says here, for the strength portion, airmen may opt to do traditional push-ups or hand-release push-ups. And it says the Army also incorporates hand-release push-ups. And it says that they're harder than regular push-ups. Regular push and I'll actually agree here. If you guys watched on Scuttlebutt Fitness, which I recommend you guys go check out, just look up Scuttlebutt Fitness. And I have a how to do push-ups in there. And I talk about hand-release push-ups. And hand-release push-ups are definitely more difficult than regular push-ups. There's no question. Trying to do the same amount of hand-release push-ups as regular push-ups, you will be struggling for sure. 
to max out the push-ups a 46-year-old female. I like how they went from a 20-year-old male to a 46-year-old female. Would have to complete 37 traditional push-ups in one minute or 28 hand-release push-ups in two minutes. For sit-ups, the Air Force has approved a cross-leg reverse crunch and plank in addition to traditional sit-ups. Alternative fitness components will not apply to U.S. Space Force, which is developing a service-based health assessment over the next year. I have to tell you guys something. I was watching, um, so out here in Okinawa, Kadena Air Force Base, Risner Fitness Center, uh, the Air Force does PT tests for airmen every single day. They do them every day. Every day, airmen go in there and take their PT test. Every day. I'm not exaggerating. Every day. And what I'm about to say is not true for the Navy only. Um, it's, it's definitely, you know, multi-branch, um, Dallas Corbin multi-branch. It's every branch. Here's what I'm going to say. I've never seen someone do perfect push-ups. Let me repeat that. I've never, ever seen someone do perfect push-ups on a PT test. There's good ones. There's good ones. There's ones that I wouldn't discredit, but I have never seen someone on their PRT, PST, ACFT, whatever you want to call it, do a complete set of perfect push-ups. If you say you have, maybe, maybe, perfect push-ups all the way down, all the way up, every rep in the set. I've never seen it. And I'm watching these airmen this morning do push-ups, and it's a disaster. It is a complete disaster. Um, they're going a, a total of, you know, 25 degrees. 25 degrees up and down change when they're supposed to be going, you know, down below, basically uh, 180 degrees of change here, like from straight up to flat to straight up. So whatever that is, maybe 180 degrees, whatever, whatever it is. Basically chest touches the ground, come out, elbow extension. For every rep, for every rep, perfect. Never seen it. Now, and also like back straight, everything, every part, no, you know, rocking back and forth, no drooping your back, no head bobbing, none of that for your entire set. Never seen it. So I was thinking this, and everyone knows this is true. A hundred percent of people know what I'm saying is true. So how about this? Since the Navy just does not care, or any branch for that matter, just does not care if you do perfect push-ups or not, you're just going for some like crazy number that most people cannot do. Why not just lower the number and enforce the standard? Like I would so much rather it be 25 push-ups for men. 25, but they're perfect. Perfect push-ups. 100% perfect. And then if people cannot do it, put them on FEP. We called it in the Navy, FEP, Fitness Enhancement Program or fat enlisted personnel. Put them on there and make them get better or just don't have the standard at all. Because having a standard that's not enforced and nobody cares about and it's obvious is really dumb. That's my thoughts on that. I'm just going to leave it at that. If you've seen somebody on a PRT doing perfect push-ups for their entire set, 70 perfect push-ups, no mistakes, leave it in the chat. I'm not saying nobody can do it. I'm saying nobody does do it. 
It's like there are people out there who can definitely do it. But in, in the PRTs, nobody's even really watching. People are just bouncing up and down. Even the people, like for me, I would just go really fast, as fast as I could, bouncing my chest off the ground. I'm sure mine weren't perfect, but I'm trying to do them pretty legit, fairly legit, at least on the way to super legit. And I could would do like 100 of those. But I'm sure if there was video analysis, it would be uh, you know a little, a, a little imperfect, to say the least. Not perfect. Perfect's what I'm going for. By the way, guys, this is the moment where I'm going to ask you to like the video so we can get maybe 30 likes on this video would be great. So like the video. Somebody's got me in the chat reminding about the likes. So please go ahead and let's get some likes on this so people can find these videos and watch them. Let's see. I saw a female Marine staff sergeant do a perfect push-up. One, how many PPs are needed? Perfect push-ups? It's like 60. Max, I will call you and FaceTime you just to check my push-up form. You got it. If Max doesn't stream during December, I'll have to reevaluate life. Oh, man. It's surprising a Marine would do perfect push-ups, too. That's not on our PFT. Well, if you opt out of the pull-ups, it is. Oh, interesting. Doing pull-ups using a kip is cheating, but still acceptable. Not for the PRT. No kipping. No kipping. If you're kipping, you're tripping. So I hate scam. I hate scammers, okay? I hate scammers. So let's get through this next story as quickly as possible so we can get to the good stuff. Consumer watchdog accuses pawn shop operator First Cash of gouging military families. You're looking for a business to burn to the ground. I got one for you. A consumer watchdog agency sued Texas pawn shop operator First Cash Inc. on Friday, alleging the company and a subsidiary gouged military families by charging annual interest rates as high as 200% on pawn loans. I mean, it sucks that people are in the pawn shop anyway. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau filed the lawsuit in federal court in Fort Worth, citing violations of the Military Lending Act, which limits the annual rate fam military families can be charged to 36%. The suit also named Cash America West, a related business unit that operates pawn stores in Arizona, Nevada, Utah, and Washington. The government agency alleged that First Cash violated a 2013 order against its predecessor company that prohibited future military lending violations. It's seeking an injunction and a civil money penalty. First Cash is a repeat offender, so they know what they're doing. A repeat offender and cheated military families over and over again, said CFPB Director Rohit Chopra in a statement. First Cash and Cash America West gouged military families and robbed them of their rights to go to court. In a statement, First Cash said it considers the allegations to be without merit. Well, I guess it'll be settled in court. First Cash deeply respects members of our military and their families. The company statement said, we will seek to engage with the CFPB and respond to allegations appropriately. First Cash operates over 2,800 pawn shops in the U.S. and Latin America. Just last month, it struck a $1.17 billion deal to move into the buy now, pay later space with its acquisition of Dallas-based American First Finance. According to the lawsuit, Fast Cash and Cash America made more than 3,600 pawn loans between June 2017 and May 2021 that violated the military lending law. That's insane. That's insane. Those stories make up only 10% of First Cash's nationwide pawn loan operations, the lawsuit said. CFPB also believes First Cash stores in other states made loans with excessive interest rates. In 2013, CFPB leveled the same accusations against Cash America International Inc., which First Cash bought three years later. Cash America agreed to pay up to $14 million in refunds to military families and other consumers for robo-signing court documents and debt collection lawsuits. It also was fined $5 million. So... 
Look out if you guys are going to pawn shops. If you don't know how that works, you give people your stuff in exchange for some money. Then in the future, you have to give them more money to get your stuff back or else they sell your stuff to try to recoup their money. So they're notoriously sleazy. So please, at all costs, try to avoid selling things to pawn shops. Please, please, please try to avoid that. What's going on here in the chat? Waiting for someone to make a scammer joke, including me. Oh, God, Ica. If Max doesn't live stream in December, I'll take over and live stream for his channel. I will read my boot tenant notes in which I wrote while I was feeling sad in my cold fighting hole. Oh, you didn't get a weather waiver for that, Sam? I have titles such as, I hate it here, it's cold, and why don't my Marines like me, and where are my gloves? Sam, have you read uh, An Officer and a Man by Jacob Donenworth? Sam, have you read this book? You need to order this book from Amazon today if you have not read it. You would love it. And he and we have an episode with Jacob Donenworth. You can go back and watch that. An Officer and a Man by Jacob Donenworth. Please go watch it or read that. It's a book. Please go read it. You would freaking love it. You would love it. And I, I would love to know what happened with your gloves. That's great. An Officer and a Man. Please go check it out. And everybody listening, if you have not read An Officer and a Man, I am not exaggerating. No, An Officer and a Man. It's called An Officer and a Man. When I was reading it, I had tears rolling down my face. I was laughing so hard. It is the true story of what it's like to be in the military as a Marine Corps officer. Um, okay. So right now in the world, there's something going on. It's the trial of Kyle. Kyle's trial. The trial of Kyle. The trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. And it's taken over the headline news ever since it happened. Black Rifle Coffee Company got caught up in it because he was wearing a Black Rifle Coffee Company shirt. People have either decided to make this guy their hero or their villain. And I, don't wanna, I never really understood that. Why is this guy anybody's hero or anybody's villain? I don't understand. First, let's talk about this story and the reason why it made it into today's episode. 500 Wisconsin Guard troops deployed ahead of the Rittenhouse verdict. Please stay safe out there, guys. It probably won't be pretty. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers has deployed 500 National Guard troops to the Kenosha area as the homicide trial of Kyle Rittenhouse comes to an end. If you guys have been following this, um, it's been interesting. Closing arguments are, I believe, finished at this point. The guardsmen will remain on standby unless law enforcement requests their backup on the streets. The mission is made up of soldiers from multiple units from the 32nd Infantry Brigade Combat Team, according to the guard spokesperson, who would not go into detail on where the troops are staged, citing security concerns. Hopefully they're not sleeping in a parking garage. For civil unrest missions, guardsmen often deploy with batons and riot shields, and in some cases, M4s with less than lethal ammunition, such as rubber bullet weapons. M4 rifles and less than lethal ammunition, but they could put less than lethal ammunition in their M4s, but that would not be very good. You would probably want paint guns with pepper rounds. Last year, 1,200 Wisconsin troops responded to protests in Milwaukee, Madison, Green Bay, Racine, and Kenosha. I urge folks who are otherwise not from the area to please respect the community by reconsidering any plans to travel there and encourage those who might choose to assemble and exercise their First Amendment rights to do so safely and peacefully. Yeah, good luck with that. We've seen how that's worked. People pretty much have a permission slip to go burn down your city if they feel like it. 
because they say that they feel like it. They have a permission slip to go destroy your community. Guardsmen have been deployed frequently by governors in the last few years, especially during civil unrest in 2020. Units responded to dozens of protests, including one in Kentucky, during which guardsmen shot and killed a protester. The protests were mostly reactions to the police killing of George Floyd and other unarmed black Americans. During that summer, protests culminated in a violent showdown between local guardsmen and law enforcement against protesters in front of the White House. If you guys remember, one reason I think this is important to talk about is we did have that story of that Humvee that took rounds during one of those protests, which are, of course, violent riots. Uh, anybody with common sense would just call it what it is. So there are going to be violent riots in and around Kenosha following whatever verdict comes out of this trial. And I hope that the National Guard stays safe because there's already been cases of National Guard being involved in violent conflict and taking rounds. And if somebody goes out and kills a National Guardsman, that would be an incredible tragedy. Incredible tragedy. Rittenhouse, 18, just to recap, is charged with six criminal counts in the deaths of Joseph Rosenbaum, Anthony Huber, and injuring Gage Grosskreutz. In Kenosha, he has pled not guilty on those charges. He was 17 on August 25th, 2020, when he carried an assault rifle on the streets of Kenosha during chaotic protest after Jacob Blake was shot in the back by a police officer. Rittenhouse faces a possible life sentence. We stand ready to support our communities during times of need, Major General Paul Knapp says. That's Wisconsin's adjutant general said in a statement in close coordination with the governor. We have assembled approximately 500 soldiers to help with the Kenosha community to keep them safe. Should a request from our local partners come in. So the National Guard is deploying to Kenosha, Wisconsin to potentially assist if there are any violent episodes. I suspect, of course, there will be. I'm anxiously hoping I get proved wrong. Why is anyone talking about Kyle Rittenhouse? So I know some of you there out there are thinking, I'm going to say whether I think he's innocent or guilty or should be on trial. Why is anybody talking about this at all? This is not news. This is not interesting. In fact, Every aspect of the public coverage of this story is based on non-truths and imaginary versions of events that we all saw with our own eyes on videotape. I mean, if you've watched it, you know. The people involved were not protesters. They were not engaging in any sort of protest when this happened. They were two groups of crazy people who got into a beef on the street and, and then two people ended up dead and a third badly wounded. And Kyle Rittenhouse shot two people or shot three people and killed two in self-defense because he was being attacked, obviously. Now, here's here's some interesting stuff. I mean, I obviously think it's self-defense, but why is Kyle Rittenhouse anybody's hero? Why is anybody going to bat for the guy? I mean, he still shot three people when he was 17 years old with a rifle that he carried out onto the streets. That's the problem in the first place. And I talked about this in a prior video. The only story here at all is that a kid had a rifle and his parents let him go to this event. That's the biggest story of all. These, these totally embarrassingly irresponsible parents are not patriots. 
This is crazy. I, this is my opinion. These are, of course, my opinions. So let me break down a few things here that I've considered interesting about this case, okay? And why not only do I not think that this is interesting, I don't think that it's news, and I don't think that anybody's having a serious conversation about this. The entire story, based on lies and politicization, and to, to know that for a fact, just listen to what's being said on liberal news channels versus conservative ones. And then there you go. Two completely different versions of events, two completely different accounts, and completely different takes on who this person is. Look no further than that to get everything you need to know about the information that we've been getting in the public. I've heard people say in the trial, because I've been I'm following this too. I mean, I've been following it. It's still like, it's like watching gladiator games. You know, that's really what it is. All of us watching it, we're just... You know, back in time watching gladiator games instead of paying attention to everything actually messed up in the world. It's taking our mind off the truth. And cool, got it. So people have said, why did Kyle Rittenhouse bring a gun to Kenosha, Wisconsin? Why did the paramedic guy have a gun? Why did anybody have a gun? Because both groups of people thought they were going to be in danger there and then went anyway. If that wasn't the case, nobody would have brought a gun, period. So people went there expecting violence or expecting a real possibility of violence or else nobody would have brought a gun. Kyle, this kid who was a kid at the time, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, should not have been there because nobody should have been there. And it, not, none of that should have ever been happening. This is at the same time where reporters stood in front of buildings on fire and said mostly peaceful protests. So that completely irrational take on what was happening is an embarrassment, as far as I'm concerned, of media and coverage and what people think of what's going on in the world right now. It's crazy. It's crazy. And then Kyle Rittenhouse gets called a white supremacist. There were no black people involved in this entire thing. There were no black people involved in this entire thing as victims or assailants, and this becomes a story of white supremacy. And to make that point, people have to abstract this story to such an extent that it's actually mental gymnastics to make that make any sense, okay? It's crazy. It's, it's just completely false. In fact, if that was true at all, people would be mad that one of the people there killed was screaming the N-word out. One of the white people killed was out there screaming the N-word everywhere. And we all saw that on video. But that gets a pass, a complete pass, no big deal, no issue whatsoever, complete non-issue, because he's the victim of a white supremacist. This stuff makes no sense. So then, people are talking about, well, the three people that were shot were all criminals, including one was a child molester, you were violent criminals. Well, that doesn't matter at all, because Kyle Rittenhouse didn't know that at the time. So these are just people. At the time, these are all just anonymous people who don't know each other and could have not known what anybody else's background was, so that hardly matters at all. Just like when George Floyd was killed, which there are, of course, tons of people making comparisons here, it didn't matter if that dude was a criminal, a horrible dude. It doesn't matter if that was the worst person on earth. The police at the time didn't know that about him. So when they failed to render aid to him when he was dying on the street, that was sad to watch. There's no question about it because that could have been anybody. So you have to imagine that that could have been anybody. And I think that's the big problem with that case and why it made the news so much. But why do these stories make the news? Because they're based on lies. 
The only reason that these stories make the news at all is because they're based on lies. Look no further than the fact that they're a week into the Ahmad Arbery trial right at this very moment. Ahmad Arbery, a black man who the story is was jogging through a neighborhood when he was chased down by three older white guys in a truck and shot at near range and killed. And there's a video of that too. And that trial appears to have so much more racial tensions and evidence of racial bias in it. And nobody's talking about that in comparison to Kyle Rittenhouse. Why? Because people might agree on it and they can't be manipulated as well. So because that story has more agreeable facts and has a victim who could garner much greater levels of sympathy and empathy from both sides, you'll just never hear about it again. Cool. They get a pass. No riots in that city. They get a total pass. Now, again, with the hypocrisy of the media, Jonathan Pentland, let me bring this back around to another military story. Jonathan Pentland, the soldier who shoved a black man and then people attacked his house and drove him and his family into hiding. Black Lives Matter, who I am going to say I believe is 100% a horrible racist group that I could very well see being labeled a terrorist group because they use violence in pursuit of their accomplishment of their political ideology and the threat of violence, which is what's going on right now in, in Wisconsin, is out there bought, like throwing rocks through the house of Jonathan Pentland and people commenting on my video about it saying that they know for a fact the victim was 16 years old, an innocent boy. He was a 22-year-old man who was in that neighborhood causing problems for all the days prior, and all of that came out on trial, and nobody corrects the record. Kyle Rittenhouse, who was 17 at the time of this, gets labeled by the same people who were calling the, the, the black guy in the Jonathan Pentland story an innocent boy. Kyle Rittenhouse is a grown-ass man. The same people... Flip reality. It's literally reality flipped on its head. We're living in the upside down of the world. At the same time, people, let me say this, people who say that they care about justice in this trial and they think that Kyle Rittenhouse should be guilty, I don't believe you because you're the same people that didn't care at all about a young man named Elijah McLean who was killed by police Walking home, he was actually special needs. I believe he had autism, mentally handicapped. Walking home from volunteering at an animal care facility when he was tackled by police for looking suspicious and he was injected with a, 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 a sedative and he died there. Kneeled on by police. Paramedics not allowed to help him. But all of the story goes to George Floyd for this reason and this reason only. It upsets people which is the same reason that people are talking about Kyle Rittenhouse and protesters and riot, well, rioters really are showing up at Kyle Rittenhouse's trial and not Ahmaud Arbery's. This is the reason, because all of this is not reality. Kyle Rittenhouse is not a hero and he's not a white supremacist monster, or he might be, I don't know, but he's definitely not a hero. And he should be nobody's spokesperson. He, nobody should be out there politically on one side, defending him, and politically on the other side, attacking him. This is the craziest 
shit. I'm going to curse. This is the craziest shit I've ever seen. There's no, there's no limits to how crazy this stuff can get. And now the National Guard is deploying to where these riots are about to happen, where people are getting a government-sponsored pass to burn down a city over a lie. And other people get a complete pass. You know who else got a pass? Here's another good example, and I'm going to wrap it up soon. During the Jonathan Pentland case, I brought you guys another story of an Army veteran in a grocery store calling the cashier at the register the N-word. The N-word. Over and over again. A stupid N-word is what he said. And people were attacking, threatening to kill, and destroying the home, and trying to ruin the career of Jonathan Pentland, and that guy gets a pass. And that's what is constantly happening. And if you guys don't see it, I don't know what to tell you. In the coming days, there's going to be state-sponsored violence on the streets in response to a lie. And I hope that the National Guard stays safe. And I hope that the National Guard stays safe. That's what I hope. That nobody gets killed, no innocent people get killed, no people trying to do the right thing gets killed. That's it. That's what I hope. And if I could just bring to your guys' attention the stupidity surrounding this entire thing, if any of that made any sense to you, if part of your mind is going, oh yeah, maybe I am, you know, pretending to care about this a little bit too much or whatever. I don't know. Share these thoughts. Be a little more provocative. Make people think a little bit. Challenge people. Why this story? None of it's in reality. None of it's based in reality. It's all crazy. And so I'm just sad to see it. That's it. I'm just sad to see it. Those are my thoughts on it. Good luck, everybody out there. Please stay safe. Now I've got, actually, let me just read the comments really quick. Let me read the comments really quick. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Pictures and videos of Kyle helping with the damage. Nobody needs to, Yeet and everybody else, nobody needs to defend Kyle Rittenhouse in my mind. He could get found guilty. He could get found innocent. Bad stuff happened. The guy's probably not a good guy. He, there's probably something wrong with this dude. And anybody you walked down to the city that night, period, end of statement, Anybody who showed up there was walking into the octagon, as far as I'm concerned. They were walking into the arena, and they knew it. Any, any rational person would know that. So, Rittenhouse is a, is a cop cosplayer who's dedicated to the role. And his mom drove him to the convention. Isn't that crazy? Let's see. Um, Bricktown, I've kept quiet. As, I'll hush up before I make enemies. The upside down of the world, some of the realest shit I've heard in a while. So true. Where are we? Need more voices to be speaking this truth, Max. You guys know how I how I am. He was autistic. Ouch! That hurts me in the inside, man. Sorry to hear. Yeah, yep. R.I.P. My autistic brother. It's it's so sad, and to this day, nobody's talked about it and the heartbreak that Elijah McLean's family's going through. It is a disaster, and there's criminal charges, and nobody's talking about. It. They get a complete pass for no other reason than it's true. For no other reason, the only things that people are telling us we need to care about are the lies on television. I just hope that you guys see that. Max, do you believe that there are some good people who support BLM? 
I don't believe, I do not believe that there are any good people who support the actual mission of BLM. But there's this perceived version of BLM. There's this perceived notion that BLM is a group that wants to work towards the end of racism and injustice in the United States. And I can see why people would go, that's great, of course I support that. But then you look at the truth about what's going on with them and just look at how I've covered them before about what they said about the military, about how the military, everybody in the military is a traitor, is a horrible person. If you've ever served in the military, they hope that you die. No. BLM is, as far as I'm concerned, label them a domestic terrorist group. It's literal, ter it's literal terroristic tactics. The threat or actual use of violence to achieve your political goals. It's, it's, it's very straightforward stuff. It's crazy. Um, let's go, Brandon, with a name like that. I can't take you seriously. T-shirts available at scuttlebuzzshow.com. I read this quote somewhere. I don't know where. People who have a reason to burn the world are the ones actually fixing it. Interesting, Ica. MC, I think it is appealing to see our city's distraction, our monuments being defaced, looting, and violence. I stand behind truth, thought-provoking conversations, and questioning things. Max is on point. Oh, appalling. Appalling. That makes more sense. Appalling makes more sense. All right, guys. Really quick, I want to wrap that up. I've said my piece. The days coming will prove me right or wrong. Um, and I hope that I'm wrong. And I hope that everyone stays safe. But I've got one more story for you guys really quick. And then we're going to wrap it up. Because you know I won't leave it on that, on that negative tone. Bathtub Baby surprises Air Force family in Japan. Shouldn't that be a song? Bathtub Baby. An Air Force transportation specialist at the U.S. military's airlift hub in western Tokyo helped with a special unexpected delivery last month. Maybe uh, Nikki MGTV helped. A scream from his wife, October 19, summoned Staff Sergeant Kyle Thomas, which is an E-5 in the Air Force of Lathrop. Uh, what is it? What is MO? Is that is that um, Montana? to the bathroom of the family home in Ohm, located near Yokota, where Kyle is stationed with the 730th Air Mobility Squadron. Alexis Thomas, 29, was expecting the couple's third child, and this time her husband was on hand to provide support. Kyle was deployed to Inkerlik Air Base, Turkey, I've been there, when their son Tannen, too, was born, so he missed the birth of his son, and he was there for the birth of his next child. Alexis had been in labor so long with Tannen and oldest daughter, Braylon Six, that the couple expected plenty of warning before their third child arrived. We were trying, so third child, we were trying to wait until the last minute to go to the hospital, but 15 minutes after Alexis went for a bath, she was screaming for her husband to help deliver the baby. I've always wanted a home birth, Alexis said, but not in a bathtub with no midwife. Yeah, I bet. The staff sergeant told his wife to push once and he saw the baby's head. She pushed one more time and the baby made her entrance, he said. That's crazy. I was super nervous because there was a substantial amount of blood, but I just decided the baby was more important than I just focused. The youngster named Millicent weighed seven pounds. That's got to be crazy. You see your wife, you don't know what's going on. A baby's being born. That's got to be one of the most overwhelming things you could ever imagine right there. The youngster named Millicent weighed seven pounds, six ounces. The couple cleaned up and drove to the base hospital where surprise staff kept mother and baby overnight. Young Millicent, described by her mother as the best baby, slept serenely in a blanket Wednesday evening while other kids played on the sports field at Yakota. She is so quiet and sleeps immaculately at night. I've heard newborns are like that. So... Good for this family here. Look at them. They got the new baby right there in the photo here on the story. If you guys listen on the podcast, they look 
like a family who just had a baby. They look tired. They're like, don't take our picture. Fine, take our picture, whatever. Don't put this on the internet. Oh, you guys put this on the internet, seriously? Shout out to them. Congratulations on the baby. And bravo Zulu to the mom. Way to handle it. Way to stay brave. And the dad for giving the help with the labor and all that. That's pretty intense. So thank you uh, for guys for, for hanging out with me today on the Scuttlebutt Show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope I gave you something to think about. I'd love to hear from you if you want to hit me up on Instagram, the Scuttlebutt Show at gmail.com or anywhere else. Please, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you, everybody. It's only Tuesday out here. It's only our second show of the week. So we have a big week ahead of us with tons of stories and things to talk about. It's going to be awesome. Make sure you go check out scuttlebuttshow.com for all the new merch and stuff over there. Check out Patreon in the description down below. And do me a favor. Click that join button right below the video. Click that join button. Become a member. I would love to see a new member by the end of the week and become a true Scuttlebutt Show team member. With all that being said, love you guys out there. I, I do. I appreciate you guys. I respect all your different points of view. I appreciate all your comments and you're welcome here at the Scuttlebutt Show. This is a home of thoughts and differing opinions and all that. It's all welcome here. I, won't, I don't hate anybody out there except for ISIS, F ISIS, all that. So with all that being said, I look forward to talking to you guys all very soon. And for now, that's the scuttlebutt.